truth, perspective, and growth. This is the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Now at school, we have a Gen Z problem because the statistics say that those generations are, are leaving the church or, you know, the, the statistics say that they're just not, you know, even coming to church in general. And um, I'm convinced that we don't have a millennial or Gen Z problem. I, I think that we have a discipleship problem. Hey guys, it's Michael, and today we have an incredible guest. It was such an amazing conversation. Today we had Pastor Noah Heron, who founded The Gathering out in Cleveland, Tennessee, but has uh, just made a transition to Georgia, him and his wife, Maddie. But the conversation today was gold, and the things we talked about involving social media, leadership, abiding in God, staying focused, just so much stuff that we can all pull and learn from. I really believe today's conversation is going to bless you. Well, I'm so excited to have an amazing guy with me. He's a friend I'm getting to know, uh, have a lot of mutual friends, but the thing I love about this guy the most is he just loves Jesus. He's a leader, loves his family, loves the local church. You may know him, may not know him, but I got Noah Heron with me today. Noah, bro, I'm so honored to have you, man. How you doing today? Dude, doing so good, Michael. Thank you for, for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this, for real. I'm excited. Yeah, totally excited to have you too, man. I think it's going to be a good time. So for some of my uh, audience who may not know you, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, where you're at right now? Yeah, so uh, my name's Noah Heron, and i um, been married to my wife, Maddie, for uh, 10 months. And we, for, for the past three and a half years, I've been leading a ministry called The Gathering that um, I founded in Cleveland, Tennessee at uh, North Cleveland Church of God, a young adult ministry, and um, just been a wild, amazing, incredible um, adventure and ride. And uh, we actually just transitioned this month to going on staff at my dad's church, the church that my my dad leads um, here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. It's called The Bridge. And um, we're going to be teaching pastors as well as young adult pastors. So still staying in that young adult um mode, but also doing some stuff on Sundays. And then uh, we do a, a lot of kind of just traveling and, and youth and young adult stuff um, uh, around the world. And uh, man, we love board games. <laughs> we love playing golf. And we have a puppy. His name's Mowgli. He's he's about six months old. So Dude, that's us. what type of puppy is he? Dude, he is a miniature golden doodle. Dude, it is like the most un like intimidating dog for a guy to be walking around it's like this little fluff ball. But I don't even care. He's so cute. He's got so much, um, so much character and attitude. It's uh, it's a blast, <laughs> dude. That's perfect, man. That's so. He's ten months old right now, as you said. He's six months old. Oh, six months old. Okay, six months old. Yeah. Oh, you've been married for ten months. Married for 10 months, had the kid for six. How's that, how's that going, bro? Dude, it's going great, man. We're, um, we're legit having a blast. Like we're, uh, you know, we've been able to, to go a lot of places our first year of marriage, which has just been so much fun. And, um, my wife is in the middle of launching a clothing, um, business that she's been dreaming about her entire life. And so it's really cool to get to watch her kind of chase after her dreams the same at the same time that I'm chasing after mine. And um, we do everything together. So I'm her videographer and photographer and 
she's my amen corner. So we're, uh, we're a good team. <laughs> I love it, man. That's great. I love that you guys are doing it together, bro. That's so important. And and from what I know about you, you guys got married right in the, in, in a peak of, of your ministry where you were super busy, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Did you, did that kind of bring some challenges, uh, as far as making sure that you had your guys' time together and all of that? For sure. I think, we we had to communicate a lot um, from the from the get go about what our expectations were, and um, it really kind of forced us to to talk about rhythm and something that mm. I think as as young people we overlook sometimes the importance of rhythm. We just go for it, you know. If it's on the table, we're going to say yes. But um, it really caused us to talk about, you know, what are the things we're going to say yes to? Let's be intentional with our yes, but let's be even more intentional with our no, because we need to protect us first. And so I, I learned through her wisdom, how important it was for, for us to start saying no to things and protect our time. But it was, it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. I t- and I'm the same way I could, I could say amen to that because I like to accomplish things, start things, do things, stuff like that. And then, you know, obviously being married, there's so much more to your life than just kind of yeah. what you can do, what you can accomplish. I think it's more of like the relationship and experience that you have the blessing to have, but that takes time, energy, and commitment too. And if I could, I'll be honest with myself, I've, I've, I constantly have to pull myself in and realize, wow, I'm drifting right now, you know, mm-hmm. and, and my needs may not be my wife's needs. And, and so as long as I'm uh, meeting the things I think she needs in my mind, I could think, okay, she's good. But the communication part is crucial because you're, you're able to open the floor and say, oh, wow, she's telling me she needs different things. And I'm totally like not doing that at all. Okay, let me adjust and make sure that I'm doing these things that I, may not be important to me, but they're right. life giving to her, right? Absolutely. Uh, so Absolutely. I, I, I'm with you on that, bro. And that's a lifelong journey. I'm still figuring it out. Been married for a few years, and uh, I, I think I'm starting to understand that I don't know anything. But I'll, hopefully, I'll get there soon, right? So we'll see. That's it. A little bit better today. Yeah, yeah we'll see how it goes. But dude, mm-hmm. I love I love that you brought it up because I'm I'm super curious now about um about the dynamics of your life because I do from what I know about you 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 do a lot of speaking right and you and you you have a strong social media presence and what goes along with that is I'm sure uh a lot of time on your phone or a lot of time kind of uh you know connecting through those outlets or whatever have you have you along the way found that you needed to set up any boundaries in your life or 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 maybe adjust things in your life to to protect yourself protect your marriage maybe your 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 own spiritual uh life with God Absolutely, man. That's been um, <clears throat> that's been one of the ongoing processes that I feel like God has been um, pointing me in, in the right direction on because uh, you can just lost on your phone. And what I found is that we have to we have to figure out how to use social media and not let it use us. And I think a lot of times we can open our app kind of mindlessly. And what we don't realize is we are totally drowning out the voice of God in the process because we're so um, we become so dependent on on distraction. And um, that's been something, man, even in this quarantine, like I thought that I had it under control. But then when you're sitting inside all day and you don't have as much human interaction, you don't have as much maybe to do on a daily basis, um, you can easily just fall into, I'm just going to keep mindlessly scrolling. And um, man, it's been something that we've tried to be intentional with like the time that we're going to spend on it, but not just the time that we're going to spend on it, but when we're going to allow ourselves to get on it. 
um, in general too, because uh, I don't know, I, I'm a big believer in winning the mornings. And so just like a practical thing is I found myself opening up social media before I opened my Bible. Wow. And then I'm wondering why I'm stressed, why I'm feeling behind, why I, I don't feel peace or don't, don't hear God's voice. And um, so we have a rule here where uh, we're not going to open or touch our phone until we first talk to God. And um, that's kind of how we start our day. And then we're really intentional as well. It's like, you know, I'm going to get on social media. I'm going to use it. Like, I don't think that God's given us a voice there not to use it, but I'm going to also be really careful about not letting it be something that becomes an idol in my life. Dude, I love that, bro. I absolutely love that, man. And I think a lot of people, because I have a love-hate relationship with social media uh, from my own personal kind of perspective, and I think the biggest thing is it's more of like from a pastoral perspective because I see how social media can make people feel about themselves, right? And so I think there's there's multiple facets of how do we balance that and how do we use it. And I love that you are talking about protecting your own uh, connection to God. And I think that's crucial, but a lot of people may be listening or uh, maybe people who are tuning in who know you uh, may be listening and they're thinking, uh, wow, I like hearing that from this guy because, you know, Maybe maybe I can feel better about myself without social media, without needing yeah. it as much, right? And so uh, with that being said, have you filtered, have you learned to kind of filter your content, recognizing how this may make someone else feel about themselves? What message is this sending to them? Has that something that's been something that's crossed your mind, you know, in that journey? For sure. Um, you know, I, I want to have fun with social media. Like, I, I don't want to be the guy who's just like, I'm only going to, you know, post sermon clips or like, I'm only going yeah. to, you yeah. know, I like, I, I'm thankful for people who do that too. But sure. um, I don't know, I just I want to be me on social media. But at the same time, like, I never want to post something that um, will lead to people feeling less than or whatever, kind of the three like areas that I try to post in is like, I'm either going to share like family, I'm going to share Jesus, or I'm going to share just like fun, which is kind of where I post like dad jokes and stuff. Like that's my version of fun. <laughs> which I, which I love your content by the way, which is why I asked you that question because Thanks, dude, man. your content is life giving. It's, it's, it, it just brings joy to you when you read it, which I feel like, it's a great thing to do. You're putting out life in the in in out into the inner space where there's so much junk and garbage and stuff, and it's like you're injecting a little bit of joy and life into it. So, uh, I think you do it well, bro. Um, Thank you so much. Doing man. a great job. So, uh, okay. So on the topic, you you've kind of are learning to adjust and grow. What are some things, even maybe outside of social media, that you're you're in a new season? You just moved. To me, it sounds like man, you, a lot in your life has changed dramatically even within the last few months uh outside of even even the isolation uh what's god been speaking to you lately like where where are you headed in this new direction yeah man that's a that's a great question i i um if i'm honest like the first week of quarantine was really really hard for me and um when i first heard like we were going to be stuck in the house i was i was pumped i was like man this is going to be great like i'm not going to have to go into the office like this is like spring break for adults you know like i'm going to i'm just going to hang out with my wife and this is this is going to be amazing um but a couple of days into it man i just started struggling and i was struggling it took took me a while to realize what it was but i was struggling with the fact that i felt like i wasn't able to do for god mm. and 
I realized through that process that I had been prioritizing doing for God over being with God and that I was actually distracting myself from my lack of being with God by trying to do more for God. Wow. And I really think like, man, we can easily um, get caught up in doing good things that take away from the main thing. And, and you know, like if, if we say as Christians that Jesus is going to be our prize in heaven, mm. why don't we act like he's our prize on earth too, you know? And, and this is something that has really been convicting me because I, I've, I felt like I have a good, strong relationship with Jesus. I, I hear from God, you know, I, not on a daily basis, not a telephone line, but, but I regularly feel like I'm in communion with the Holy Spirit and, and that I'm guided by, um, by his ways. But just this quarantine, man, has been so self-convicting. I feel like it's been a process of God really revealing like, hey, you know, if you don't do another thing for me, would that be okay? Um, which is totally, you know, different, uh, than probably what a lot of people are, are, are going through. But I just, I think, especially those of us who are in ministry, we can just get so caught up mm -hmm. just doing, doing, doing that. We just really neglect being, and we kind of put it on the back burner and, and second priorities to the doing. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to reshift my focus right now. Dude, that's so good, man, that you brought that up because it's true. And I think, <laughs> Christian leaders across the world, if they're listening to this right now, are like, yes, yes, you're speaking my language because it's true. It does become, in a sense, it becomes our identity. And, I, and, and if we could be honest with ourselves, it starts from an innocent place. But as we drift into helping people... We, yeah. we, we hear about the how our ministries are beneficial to them, how they're uh, helping them out in their own journey. And we're like, okay, this is great. I want to keep doing this, keep doing this. But we forgot that all of that birthed from you being with God, right? And 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 feeling that sense for people and, and serving people th through your, based off of your relationship with God, not for your relationship with God, not for your identity in God, but it's a drift. And I think if we're not careful and we're not consistently uh, realigning our, our focus, we'll yeah. find ourselves in that drift again and again and again. And it's it's the tightrope of, of, like you said, doing for God. But uh, and, and are you reading the word for a sermon or are you reading the word to discover Jesus? Right. Like, are you are you are you watching sermons online to to get a better preaching style or are you are you really, you know, chasing the voice of, of God in your life, man? And, bro, that's so good that you shared that, bro. So let's unpack that a little bit more, man. Like what have, what have been some adjustments that you've had to make in your life going off of that off of that topic? Yeah, I think it started like this whole thing started with a pressure that I started feeling to produce more content. And I, I was kind of like, man, I can't preach right now. Like April, I was actually supposed to be uh, with you guys at City Life for Rise Conference. And April was supposed to be a, a really busy month for Maddie and I. And we'd been looking forward to getting the tan in Florida and just, I mean, we were, we were really pumped about it. And when all that stuff got canceled, um, I, I started feeling this pressure. Well, if I'm not doing all that, like I should probably like come up with more content and I should, mm. I should probably, you know, post more like, 
like nuggets to encourage people. And, and it was just like this pressure. And like, I would open up social media and I would see other people who were in similar like roles, like as pastors doing that. And I was like, well, that's what they're doing to reach people. I should be doing that mm-hmm. too. And um, man, it just, it, it was this unhealthy, like couple of days of feeling this like crazy stress that I, and like anxiousness that I hadn't felt in just forever. And I was like, why, why is this like happening? And I just felt like I was trying to live for Jesus without being with Jesus first. And, um, you know, all my, all my attention was, man, what do I need to do instead of just asking God, God, you know, what are you trying to say to me? Like, like, how can I just be closer to you? Here's the thing. You will never have a problem um, preaching about Jesus if you live with Jesus. You'll, you'll never have a problem. And, and yeah. it's so, and you would think as communicators and as pastors, we, we would get that. But sometimes, you know, like the moments when I'm struggling to write a sermon the most, that it's no coincidence. It's also the same week that I've neglected my time with God. I, I've kind of put him on the back burner because if if you're communicating regularly with Jesus, it'll be no problem for you to talk about him to other people. Dude, that's you so know? good. Yeah. And so um, that's just, it's, you know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit course correcting sure. us because we're human and because we get out of the correct rhythm, but it's been a really refreshing um, time of slowing down, mm. just, Hey, slow down. You don't have to, you don't have to post. You don't have to preach. You yeah. can just, you can just be. And, and through that natural rhythm, God will open up opportunities for you to do the, the work that you want to do for him. Absolutely. And that's where you want to be anyways, the doors that God opens, uh, not the ones that you pry open, you know, it, the ones that he opens are always fruitful. Right. And, and like John 15 says, you abide in him because apart from him, you could do nothing. And the, 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 the thing about that verse is, I think we need to be clear when he says you can't do nothing, obviously we can do something. So he's not yeah. saying you're not able to physically do anything. He's basically saying the things that you're going to do are going to amount to nothing apart from him. So yeah. abide in him. So the things you do do amount to something. They're effective in the kingdom, not things that you just added to your schedule, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I love that you say that because we all can heart check ourselves, right? We all can look at our lives. And, and you don't have to be a pastor or a leader to do this because we all have a ministry in one way or another, whether it's raising your kids or teaching people at school or going to a hospital, whatever it is that you do in life, there's ministry in it when you're a Christian. So we all can take that and say, wow, Am I trying to do, 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 or am I forgetting to be with Jesus, right? And so um, love that you shared that, bro. Um, and, and in that topic, man, let, let, let's talk practicalities then. Uh, you're a pastor, so you, 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 you help people kind of learn to grow spiritually. What are some tips that you think we can, we can give to people right now who may be listening uh, as far as making some adjustments in their life, things that they could do uh, to maybe shift and, and, and focus a little bit more on their spiritual life? Yeah, man. I I would encourage, I, I know a lot of people do their, their devotion time at diff, different times of the day. And, and I understand not everyone can do this, but if you can, I would encourage you to start your day with God, not, not touch your phone. Kind of like we were talking about a few, a few minutes ago, that's really been um, just a, a really huge shift in my life that I tangibly can just mm-hmm. see the spiritual growth just from that little thing. And, um, and also uh, to go along with that, I, I feel like it's really easy to do your devotions kind of like, I'm going to read the word of God. I'm going to pray 
and then I'm going to move on. But I would encourage people to add a third part to that and carve out space for, um, you know, do your, read the word, pray. Yeah. And, um, man, sometimes just sitting in silence is good for the soul too. And the, the more I am able to sit in silence, I, I find that, um, I'm less distracted throughout the day. And we just, we live in a world of distraction and sometimes you just need to disconnect so that you can actually connect to God. And, and that's just been something that's been so huge um, that God's revealing to me. It's like, I hate silence naturally, mm-hmm. but when I begin, it's, a, it's almost a, it's a discipline. And the more you can be okay with silence, I really feel like you invite God into speaking into your life throughout the day because you've kind of eliminated some of those distractions. Bro, totally. I I agree with you. And that's it is a spiritual discipline. Silence and solitude is is what Jesus did very often. He would get away from the crowds, he'd get away from the noise to hear from the Father. And if Jesus, right, is doing this, that you would think that uh we should probably do that too. The man who who lived a you know really uh, sinless in this world and avoided temptation or uh, conquered temptation, conquered sin. Uh, we probably need to follow that that route and and get in our own. And bro, this is a lot easier to say than do. Okay, uh, yeah, it's easy for me to sit here in my office and say, yeah, you just need, you need to practice silence and solitude, all of that stuff. But dude, this is hard stuff, right? Like yeah. this isn't not this is it, this this didn't come easy for you right away, did it? I mean, you know, uh silencing out the world is not an easy thing, man. You know, so, uh, encourage our people, man, give them some grace right now for themselves. How, how, how can you take little steps? Like what would you, what would you say to somebody who's just starting out right now? Just some, you know, um, encourage them today. Yeah. I I think the the goal is just, is just a yes every day. Mm. And it doesn't have to, your yes doesn't have to look like you know, Pastor Michael's yes, because Pastor Michael's yes might look different than yours because he's been in the game longer and, and he's he's developed that that discipline. But if you can say yes every single day, the thing that used to be hard for you to say yes to eventually becomes very easy for you to say yes That's to. Good, so man. at first it was really hard for you just to get up out of bed and open the Bible. Yeah. But after doing that for two, three weeks, all of a sudden that's gotten a little bit easier and a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And and I think if you can just focus on saying yes every day, just, just say yes. Um, you know, the, the details and the spiritual discipline and, and just the growth in your, in your walk with God and your intimacy with God will come out of you just saying yes. It, really the, the biggest win is just, just saying yes. If you do that, um, you're going to grow spiritually no matter what you are saying yes to. Dude, I love that, man. And so, and have grace on yourself. And my my thing I would add to that is the thing it is, whether it's prayer, reading, worship, study, meditating on God's presence, whatever it is, whatever it is, that thing that is life-giving to you, that thing that just comes natural to you, start there. Do that. Do that well. Uh, don't try to do all of them at once if you're not able to you know, don't get religious and start forcing yourself into all of these things. Just do the thing that's breathing life into you. Start there, build from there, be consistent, and you will grow, you know, in the other areas as well. So love that you share that, man. Well, dude, 
this always happens to me, and I hate that it does, but we get close to the end of the show, and I'm ha- loving the conversation, bro, and I, I hate that we have to end soon, but I don't want to end without giving you an opportunity to to share what I've asked all of our leaders who've been on the past few weeks. Uh, no, let's say that you have the opportunity to speak to the global church right now, and someone handed you a mic and said, hey, here's 60 seconds. What would you share to them? Hmm. Ooh. I think this quarantine has really, um, it's forced us to go back to the New Testament church model. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been really eye-opening to me to see uh, a lot of things kind of just not exposed, but, but just brought to light a little bit in, in um, the way that we do church. And I've really just been burdened for discipleship, which mm. is, you know, I know that's a, a huge thing that, that you have a burden for pastor Michael, but, um, for a long time in church, we've looked at the younger generation and we've always, you know, said things like, well, you know, we have a millennial problem and now it's, well, we have a Gen Z problem because the statistics say that those generations are, are leaving the church or, you know, the, the statistics say that they're just not, you know, even coming to church in general. And um, I'm convinced that we don't have a millennial or Gen Z problem. I, I think that we have a discipleship problem. Yeah. And um, I really would encourage the church leaders listening to, um, you know, let's actually like, even if, if you preach to tens of thousands of people, or, or if you're a youth pastor of four kids, like, let's actually model our ministry the way Jesus modeled his and let's disciple at least one person. Mm. Um, could you imagine if every single believer in the world committed to discipling one person? Oh, man. Um, it, it would be revolutionary. That, that is what revival looks like. Absolutely. I think sometimes we think, man, revival is going to look like having a whole bunch of awesome services mm-hmm. where we just have altar call after altar call. But guess what? I've been a part of those services my entire life. And those services are awesome. And I feel from, from the Lord right there. But a lot of times, by the time Monday gets around, yeah. we forget a lot of what's happened there. But you know what we don't forget? We don't forget the person and the relationship that we have with someone who's pouring into us and walking through life with us on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So um, my encouragement would be, you know what? Your greatest ministry is not tied to your greatest sermon. It's tied to the person that you're discipling or not discipling if you're not. And so um, I would just encourage people to just think about the people that God's already brought into your life because there's probably someone who's a prime candidate to be discipled. Bro, I second everything you just said, man. I'm with it. (laughs) Love it, bro. And if you got a chance, go rewind and listen to what Pastor Noah just said. That is what we all need to be hearing right now, man. Dude, uh, Noah, Pastor Noah, bro, love you, man. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. It was an amazing conversation. So much gold that you left us with, bro. Uh, appreciate you. I know this is a time of you uh, readjusting and some things. So very grateful for the time that you uh, spent to be on the show with us, man. Praying for you and your journey, bro. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Michael. This was an honor. Uh, loved talking with you. Love that Chicago Bulls hat, man. Go MJ. Come on, man. Last dance, baby. Thank you for tuning in to the Michael Carroll Discipleship Podcast. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at mcarrollnow. Have a great day. Until next time.